0: Yeah,
1: well, Alright was- <laughs> So You're a though So you know how it is With parents
0: right mm-hmm. Your three Your three or four options For a career path Is doctor, doctor Nurse Lawyer Or disgrace to the family <laughs> I, <see. laughs> I came out from the red headed though Had big dreams Of my city Was too small Came through a lot Man I done see a lot When I Hey, hey man, what's good, man? Once again, welcome to another episode of the Dread and Say Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Hilaire, and this right here is episode four. And for this episode, we have a young black queen in the building that goes by the name of Izzy. So basically, man, the reason why I'm so excited about sharing Izzy's stories because it's very rare to find another black Haitian in the tech industry. You know what I'm saying? So I'm excited to actually let y'all hear Izzy's story, how she came from the bank industry into the tech industry into like cybersecurity. Know what I'm saying so with that being said, Izzy, go ahead and do your thing, man.
1: Sure. So my name is Izzy and I work in cybersecurity. My official title is Information Security Management Systems Manager. And it's basically a long title that says that I manage the security and governance for the systems within my organization.
0: Okay, now, perfect. Now, before we actually get into this role and how you got involved, um, so right now, as we discussed earlier, right, like, you know, off the, you know, before we start recording, you are based in Atlanta.
1: Yes, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Were you born and raised in Atlanta?
1: No, I was actually born in Bahamas, Nassau, Bahamas, and I moved from Nassau to Little Haiti, Miami. Then I moved around in Florida a lot. And then I ended up in Atlanta. It's a long
0: story about how I got here, but I'm here. So, Mila, whenever I actually meet folks from Florida, I actually get excited because I'm from South Florida. Uh, Not the Miami part, but I don't know if you know, like, a part called Palm Beach County. You might not. I
1: know. I know about Palm
0: Beach. Word? You do? (laughs)
1: I'm a a Florida girl. (laughs) I'm a Florida girl.
0: So, you know, so you Broward said, County, Palm Beach County. I know and Broward. If
1: you notice, my accent
0: changed when I say I'm from Florida. <laughs> I, I know, I, I noticed that. So, I was like, all right, she knows. Like, if you're from South Florida, you know how to, how to say Florida properly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, so now from, you know, Bahamas, you said Bahamas, right? From there to Miami, all right, how did you get to Atlanta? Well,.
1: I actually moved from Tampa. So I went to college in Tampa, University of South Florida. Shout out to the Bulls. And I was working at Citigroup. I don't know if you know the The uh, the bigger banks. Mm -hmm in the world, like the top 10 or something like that. And I absolutely hated my job. I hated it so much. And I was determined to move out of Florida. So I started applying to different positions. I got so many rejections. And a company that had a headquarter out in Washington, D.C. and Washington State called me. And they interviewed me. We did like a Skype video interview. And they loved everything about my interview and they gave me an offer like the very next day so then they gave me three weeks to pack up all my stuff and move to Seattle Washington so I get to Seattle and I hate it (laughs) I absolutely hate it I was there for all of nine months from February to October 2015 Mm -hmm. I literally moved out of Seattle October 30th I was just I just like rolled out so I was there for just about nine months and then um the reason why I left there was because SunTrust called me and they said that they had a position. They were going to fly me out. They were going to move me over there. So I wanted to be closer to my family since Atlanta is just a state up from Florida or Georgia is a state up from Florida. I went ahead and took the position. They relocated me and
0: this is how I ended up in Atlanta. Oh, man. Now, but before we go on to that Atlanta part, so what was it about Seattle did you dislike? Was it the actual place, the weather? Was it because you was there by yourself? Like, what was the cause of that?
1: I think it was a combination of things. So, there's nothing actually wrong with Seattle itself, but I'm the type of person that I need a lot of culture. Mm. Being, like, you know born in Bahamas and raised in Miami. My parents are Haitian. So I was used to being around a lot of different cultures and a lot of different people. Mm -hmm. Now, Florida is a very unique place. It's a melting pot. So then when you go from that and then you go to something like Seattle where it's very white. (laughs)
0: I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's not a lot of
1: black people. And the black people that you see are either going to be Ethiopian, which was really odd. It was a lot of Ethiopians out there. Um, And then the other black people that you're going to probably see are going to be transplants from other places because Microsoft was out there, Google, uh, Amazon. So it was a it was a lot to take in, and then also the the weather really wasn't the best. It did rain quite a bit during the winter time. So when I got there, it was raining, and it rained up until May, and then right before I was leaving, it started raining.
0: So so um, one thing you just mentioned actually caught my ears is that you are a zoe.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, take t- on my yeah. chest. Yes, I'm <laughs> a zoe. <laughs> we
0: we'll probably cut. cut y'all. All right. My (laughs) people. You know what I'm saying? That's good, man. Okay, perfect. Okay, so now overall, right, so before I actually went to Atlanta and all that when you was in college, what major did you study? Did you study finance? Because I know you mentioned you worked at a bank.
1: So, my major was actually finance. Mm. And I had to negotiate with my mom to get this major. And I actually told some of this story on my Twitter. It, It was a very abbreviated story, so I'm not sure if you want to hear about it, but
0: i I think it's pretty interesting yeah all
1: right so you're as though so you know how it is with parents right Mm -hmm. your three your three or four options for career path is doctor Doctor. nurse lawyer or disgrace to the family (laughs) and (laughs) and i didn't want to be a doctor or a nurse because i don't like hospitals i've never liked hospitals i don't like blood And that was just never my thing. I I knew from an early age that I was not trying to draw any blood or cut up on anybody. Not that I was squeamish. I just Mm -hmm. didn't want to be around that, right? Mm -hmm. And then lawyer, personally, I just didn't appeal to me when I was a child because Mm -hmm. it just sounded boring. Mm -hmm. And then I actually was really interested in computer science. Mm -hmm. And when I told my mom about it, she... Absolutely destroyed my dreams. Oh. She really crushed my little soul. <laughs> because I, I think I was 16 or 17 when mm-hmm. I realized that I really like computer science and t- technology. Because I don't know how old you are, but I had a popping MySpace page. Oh, yeah. I know okay? the
0: days, the themes and all that, the background, Listen, the music.
1: <laughs> my MySpace was on point. I had the little scrolling mm. text across the back. My background had uh, these little rhinestones that were just like <laughs> raining down.
0: <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> so I. That's how I knew I was really into it because I I used to dedicate time to my MySpace mm-hmm. and I also used to I read a lot of music. I probably shouldn't
0: say that. Too. No, I was the same way. Limewire, <laughs> all of that, like. Listen, Bearshare, Bear Limewire,
1: those were my jams. <laughs> but a lot of a lot of listeners might not even know what Bear Share or Limewire is. Nah. I don't know if I'm dating myself, but <laughs> you know, I was really interested in that. I used to be on AOL. Like the happiest moments that I can remember when I was a kid. I would say between t- fourteen and seventeen was her rushing home to either watch Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, mm. or to go, no. <laughs> or to go log on to the AOL and seeing that little man right across the. <laughs>
0: oh man, these were the days.
1: <laughs> these were the days. So... <laughs> when I told her that I wanted to do computer science, she was just like, "You're not going to make any money," because I had a cousin who was doing it, and he was really lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, now that I'm an adult, I can I know the difference between hustling and just he just didn't want to work for somebody but he also didn't have a plan either mm-hmm. so he went to school for, for computer science and he started up his own computer business mm-hmm. at first he wanted to do repair and then he started teaching people how to use basic word right like older mm-hmm. older folks how to use um, those applications mm-hmm. and so he wasn't really making any money because yeah, not a lot of people are going to pay you a ton of money for that. Because this is early 2000s time frame. So mm-hmm. people were not interested in learning about computers. Y2K had just passed. So people were still really skeptical about computers. Mm-hmm. And my mom was just like, she just wasn't having it. So mm-hmm. by the time I graduated college or, or high school, I was just like, man, what am I going to do? So I finally figured out that I'm just going to go ahead and just do finance because I'm not doing pre-med. I'm not doing any sciences because that's just not my that's just not my ministry. Mm-hmm. So... Ended up doing finance, hated it the whole entire time, right? Struggling mm-hmm. throughout because it just it just wasn't something that spoke to me. Like, I was yeah. good with money, but I wasn't good with finance because mm-hmm. it's not the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it made perfect sense. I don't know why, but every Asian thing, parents think that uh, doctor, lawyer, or whatever is the best way to go. You know what I'm trying to say? So
1: Well, what I learned is that that's more, mostly like a Caribbean thing mm-hmm. because I have some friends that are like Dominican and the same thing. Jamaican, same thing. I think uh, because of their limited experience with, you know, the various roles that you can have when they come here, they they only know that if you want to be successful, you gotta be a lawyer, you gotta be a doctor, you gotta be a nurse, because that's that's the only thing that they know. And they're not really used to stepping out of their comfort zone, so
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, now here you are in Atlanta, right? You you there yeah. and I'm guessing your first job in Atlanta is uh Sun Trust, right? Yeah. When you were there like how long I mean, are you are you still there or are you you're not there no more, right?
1: I'm still in Atlanta. I'm
0: no, no, not not Atlanta. I mean, at uh, SunTrust. No, no, no. I'm not at SunTrust
1: anymore.
0: Okay, so overall, like, what was the, I guess, the point that made you finally leave to actually uh, chase that tech career? Like, did you get an offer somewhere else? Did you apply for another job? Did a friend say, hey, I got this position open in this tech space? How did you get involved in that, in the tech space?
1: So, actually, by the time I got to SunTrust, I had already been in technology. Mm -hmm. So, my career in technology started in Tampa right after I graduated college. So, I finished my degree, and six months into my, I guess, my first big girl job, which is what I like to call it. Uh, I was working at a a small company that did, I guess they did retirements and I hated it. I hated it so much. I was only there for six months. It was really catty, really odd things kept happening where people kept telling my managers I I was coming in late. So I got written up several times and then I just realized that, you know what, this is not for me. So I put my resume out on Monster and a recruiter reached out to me probably within like a week or two. And the recruiter kind of couldn't explain what the position was, but it sounded really interesting. So, we schedule an interview and it ends up being that the interview was with the CISO of Citigroup, one of the teams of Citigroup, and I had a conversation with him. I think I probably had two interviews with him. Mm-hmm. and. The conversation pretty much was, "Hey, I know you're fresh out of college. I'm not really looking for somebody that's extremely experienced, but I see you have a lot of internships and internal audit. You've done a couple of things in, in that could be translatable to tr- technology. So, I want to bring you on." And it also, you know, didn't hurt that I was making three dollars more an hour. Mm-hmm. So it was a contract job, and for me, I was making more money. I was leaving the job that I hate, and I didn't have to drive 45 minutes to get to work one way. So it was a no-brainer. So I quit my job, and that whole ordeal of how I quit there was also drama. But I ended up leaving there. I started working at Citi in July of 2012. Yeah, that was my very first tech job was
0: in 2012. So I was hired in to be a contractor for their information security department. Oh, okay. Yeah, what they had me
1: doing was basically reviewing risk assessments, vulnerability management assessments. I did a lot of work in that first year because I just put myself out there, right? Yeah. I reached out to the ISOs which is an Information Security Officer and I was like hey, can I just shadow you? Can I just learn what you do? And they were really open to letting me learn off of them. They didn't mind me asking questions and taking some time out to mentor me and I think that was really what was critical for my career and my, and my growth because had they not been open to that, I would have been struggling to yeah. work through a lot of the tasks that they gave me because i didn't know what sharepoint was yeah i hadn't opened up a sharepoint a day in my life but i ended up you know building macros from from access that created this little i basically created this little mini application that pulled information from a report and it produced it into like a readable dashboard mm-hmm. and then it reported the vulnerability management uh, the vulnerabilities to the application managers and the iso and that's something that I got to learn because they fostered my my learning. They mm-hmm. allowed me to play around and make mistakes. So I'm very grateful for them.
0: It's always good to have a mentor at a new job that you uh, get into. So that's great. Um, and then yeah. now, aside from that, now, what company is it that you're working for? Um,
1: so I'm not allowed to say the company name okay. because I signed an NDA. Okay. But it's a – so the company is kind of like a blended – Security company, right? So we actually are a part of a large organization that originally started doing cable and digital productions in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, so they they were like the original Netflix back in like the fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. and then um, but they were doing that out in Switzerland, and they what they did was like you know revolutionary. They won a bunch of Oscars and a bunch of Tonys for some of their digital work back then in the fifties and sixties. I had never heard of this company before in a day my life until they called me for an interview. Mm-hmm. So um, they created a business unit that's focusing strictly on cybersecurity. So we do a, a managed shared services where we're offering clients uh, SOC services. Mm-hmm. And then we also have like an advisory piece, and I don't work at any of that. Mm-hmm. My function is strictly to be the information security person f- for the organization's internal projects. Mm-hmm. So everything that they need internally, they call me. So
0: I'm kind of like a jack-of-all-trades at this point. Yeah. Uh, okay. No that's, no, no, that's actually pretty cool. Um. Uh, on this podcast, one thing that we like to do is basically capture step-by-step step how somebody got a certain position or at least start a certain company. So that way the listeners can yeah. feel like, okay, here's all the steps to get a job or to actually start a own company. So for you, for this new uh, company that you got in, what steps did you take to find that job? Or if not, you find them? Like, how did they find you?
1: So it was a combination of both, right? Mm. They reached out. The recruiter reached out to me on my LinkedIn, and I have to say, I think my LinkedIn is pretty dope. Mm. So, okay. and I spent like five okay. hours working on it. So hell, people better be looking at it. Really? <laughs> it's how I feel. So he reached out to me, and we had like a quick conversation on dms i guess of linkedin then we exchanged numbers and we set up a meeting to talk he ends up calling me and he was just like yeah you know i think your experience fits i'm going to submit you to the hiring managers and the cto and i'll get back to you so i would say about a week later they got the recruiter got back to me and he was just like yeah they they don't want to bring you in i was like okay cool no problem because at that point i had already been applying for several you know several different positions i had already been on a couple of different interviews and um And so it wasn't a big deal for me to hear another note because I had already heard a couple of notes by Mm -hmm. then. So they come back to me about a month later, and they're like, yeah, we actually think we want to bring you back in. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking, I'm side-eyeing them like, but you didn't want me a month ago. So that was my petty side that came out. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I said, why not? I'll give it a try. So they put me through quite a few rounds of interviews. Mm -hmm. I think I did... Three phone interviews. My one of the first phone interviews that I did was with my current manager mm-hmm. who is who lives in Ireland, or well, he's from Ireland and he lives in Switzerland now. And he actually worked at Citigroup and at SunTrust mm-hmm. once upon a time. So we connected on that level. And I think our interview was more so just him kind of getting a feel for me and figuring out who I am. I interviewed with the CTO over the phone. That was an interesting conversation because his, his was more so this is what I need. Let's see if your skills can translate to that. And, then, and they brought me in for, like, three other in-person interviews. And from there, they just gave me an offer, like, a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, that's how I got in the position.
0: Man. And and uh, also, too, uh, one thing that you uh, that you said stood out is that you spent five hours working on your lengthening uh, profile. And as a matter of fact, you are, like, the fifth person I've heard this week that they either got hired through LinkedIn. Now, let's say someone listening right now trying to get a job. Like, can you kind of, I guess, briefly talk about how crucial it is to have your LinkedIn up to date? And also, why did it take you five hours to fix your LinkedIn account, you know?
1: Yeah. So I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people make with their LinkedIn is they try to make it look exactly like their resume. Mm. And that's not what LinkedIn is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be your resume. It's supposed to be a professional profile of who you are matching a bit of your personality and your skills. Right. Mm -hmm. So the way the reason why my LinkedIn took five hours is because I didn't know what type of message I wanted to convey professionally. Right. And I think understanding the tone of what your profile should be is very important. It's it's like it's similar to Instagram, right, where you can have your Instagram just be a bunch of random memes Mm -hmm. or you can have your Instagram turn into like a personal photo blog. It really just depends on the theme that you're going for. So Mm -hmm. for me, with my LinkedIn, I didn't want it to be like looking at all the information you could pull from my resume. I used um, keywords that or buzzwords, I would say, mostly for my bullet points, like when I when I put in my job, just the job that I currently have, mm-hmm. I pulled out a lot of the key information from the job descriptions that would basically be easily searched when someone's doing like a keyword search for candidates. And I noticed that that really worked for me because on a regular basis, I probably show up in 175 searches just because of the keywords that I'm using. And I wasn't really doing specific Job titles because one thing I learned is that companies interchange their job titles. The, the title itself doesn't matter. What really matters is the skills mm. and what you're actually doing, the applications that you may be using. So, focus mostly on putting small, readable bites. And then I spent a lot of time, I think most of the time that I spent on my profile was on the actual summary about me, mm. right? I kind of treat it like a cover letter where I'm writing, this is who I am professionally. These are the things that I value, and these are the reasons why you should look at my profile and why you should hire me. That's
0: kind of how I broke it down. Oh, man, I love that. That is actually great tips. So as we start to conclude this episode, now let's say for those that are, I guess, have a certain interest to be in the tech industry but come from a no-tech background, you know, like whether they're not coders or whether they, I don't know, they're not extremely tech savvy Um, Do you have any tips and advice on, if you're you're a non-tech person, how can you get into tech if you don't really know the tech uh, sector like that?
1: Um, Honestly, that's always a hard question to answer. Uh, I'll speak mostly for the security side of the house because I can give more relevant advice there. But a couple of key points is to identify what it is you're interested in because chances are whatever you like doing, you can translate it into a security job. It's so vast and it's so broad. You can do anything. So figure out a couple of ways, a couple of things that you like doing, and then just going on Google and researching things. A lot of people don't take the time to kind of search what job opportunities are available in information security, and it's different by sector as well. So that's the first step. And then once you kind of identify a couple of uh, areas that seem interesting, I recommend looking up what the qualifications are. What skills do you need to have in order to be able to talk that talk? Mm. Do you need certifications? Do you need to have hands-on experience with some scripting and not coding, but scripting? Mm. Um, Because a lot of the times companies will interchange those two, but it's not the same thing with security where you can know how to build a whole application in Python, but when security Really, you, you use a lot of your scripting skills where you're just writing little lines to perform tasks. So that is something that you can use in as a security engineer or a penetration tester or a threat intelligence hunter, which are like three different jobs, but they all relatively do s- similar things and can be interchangeable. Mm. So figure out what skills you need to learn and then looking up free resources because a lot of this information is out here for free. You can find ebooks, you can go on cybrary.com, you can uh, go to conferences for free if you are able to find scholarships, do your local meetups, find people that are doing what you want to do, mm-hmm. reach out to them on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, conferences, meetups. Honestly, it's really about putting yourself out there and identifying this is what I want to do. I know the path to get there, and now I'm going to reach out to people that can potentially
0: put me in the positions to get there. That's that. what I recommend. No, yeah, that's that's great, amazing, wonderful advice. Um, so, so okay, so Izzy, so overall, right? Overall, what is your long-term goal? Whether that's like on a, on a both personal uh, side and also professional side. Uh,
1: the goal is to work 100 percent for myself, mm-hmm. for my business, and in my business. Mm-hmm. So, what I mean by that is. I have started up a cybersecurity consulting company mm. where I'm. Um, <laughs> your reactions are so funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> real talk, like the main thing about this podcast is like, like whenever I meet somebody um, as a guest interview, I, I'm actually very curious for real, for real. Like, like which is why I don't, I don't, I don't never send any pre questions or pre topics because I really want to know wh- who I'm talking to. What I'm trying to say like so that way the listeners right. can actually know. Oh wow, this is actually real raw, organic conversation, and it's not all yeah. scripted, you know what I'm saying? So that's why my face yeah, is you. like doing that. I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm looking like weird. So. No, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so the cybersecurity consulting company, and I want to do a bunch of different things with that. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to do government subcontracting where I'm collecting a check from the government to do exactly what I do now for my company, uh, and I also want to be able to help other businesses, particularly black businesses, because one thing I learned is while a lot of people are doing these startups, Mm -hmm. a lot of folks have no idea what's required of them from a security aspect. And it's great that you want to build your application and you want to do some sort of like crowdfunding, but if you're collecting credit card information, you got to figure out how to maneuver that without getting fined or without having to suffer some consequences, right? Mm -hmm. And That's where I come along. And I I like to say my expertise is in strategy and governance related to security, because you got to be strategic with security. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies are not very strategic with security, hence why the U.S. is the number one breached country in the world consistently for years. Sure.
0: Okay. So now, as far as far as the, the the company go, what what is the name of the company, and also how can someone uh reach out to that company or website wise?
1: Big Cyber LLC, and mm-hmm. my information will be available on my LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. People can reach out to me on my LinkedIn, my Twitter, mostly my Twitter, if it's non professional related. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my handle is at is underscore Vix. It's the at i s underscore vix, and i'm using my twitter as more so of a conversation piece around cybersecurity. so i don't really post a lot of my personal information on there and that's also partly because i'm paranoid because of what i do so mm-hmm. i typically keep a lot of my information off of um, social media but i can also be reached on linkedin and my linkedin uh handle is is my alvexama and Anybody can reach out to me. I'm always available to have conversations. My website will be available on my Twitter handle, and I'll probably post up my personal or my professional email on there as well.
0: Okay, now let's say if either me or the listeners could help you out with anything, right? What would that be?
1: Um think me necessarily because i'm one of those people if i need something i'll just ask for it the Mm -hmm. worst you're gonna say is no right Mm -hmm. so if i need support i ask for it but i think one thing i would like to see more black people in general do is support one another like promote each other's businesses support each other by like giving out references Mm -hmm. really attend some of these events that some of your your fellow black people are putting on because a lot of this stuff costs money it takes time Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work you know, if someone is building up a website, visit the website and actually, you know, click through. And if you can find some information that's that's going to be constructive for them, help them out with it. I think that's really what we need to be doing you know, moving into 2019 and beyond, because we're a powerful force. And we mm-hmm. just got to come together. And we really once we do that, we're unstoppable.
0: Yeah. Now, that's that's all numbered facts. You know what I'm saying so. Uh, last thing is um. So to actually leave this this uh episode, are there any words of advice Do you want to give us? Anything that you have on your chest that you want to speak about? Like use this segment right here as like you having the floor to say whatever you think you should say right now or need to say to the world.
1: Um, man, I'm on. I thought like I'm on the spot, but <laughs> I think what everybody needs to consider is imposter syndrome is one of the biggest things that I still struggle with as a an, as an working adult. And I know a lot of other people do as well. Um, figuring out ways to boost your confidence and to stay positive, maintain your forward-thinking aspirations so that everyone is achieving their goals, right? I think we are always our biggest, I guess, crit- criticizers. Is that even a word? We're our biggest biggest critters. Critics, that's the word I'm looking for. And don't downplay your skills. Don't downplay yourself because you are valuable and somebody needs your services. Somebody needs you. Somebody wants you. So I think that's one thing that a lot of us, including myself, need to always remember and always kind of push forward. Like, I'm bad. Like, I'm I'm hot. Or whatever you say. I don't know if I can curse, but, you know, no, I'm bad. not do do shit. Do your
0: thing. You, know, you could curse all you want, man. Do your <laughs> you thing. Know? Yeah. Feel the you shit, gotta, the
1: you the shit. You just got to do that. And also set goals. Like, a lot of people have these this overall goal of I'm going to build a website, but they're not thinking of the smaller steps that it takes to get there. Like, how are you going to build it? Are you going to build it yourself? Are you going to hire somebody for it? How are you going to pay for it? Where are you going to host it? So there's little things like that that I think um, we overall need to get better organized and planned so create smaller goals that will lead into your larger goals and then that will paint the overall picture i came up from the more